let's say a teacher passes out a worksheet in class and a child could either have currently an iPhone or an iPad and an iOS device. They would take a picture of that worksheet right on the app. And then within that app right there, you can just tap on the screen and you can type. Like, so let's just say his name. And instead of writing your name in, you could type your name in and you can type right on that document. And so that alleviates that handwriting aspect that a lot of children struggle with who have, you know, these different things going on in their life. It's not necessarily taking away handwriting altogether. I think absolutely children should practice handwriting. This is not to take away from handwriting. It's just to help them stay included in class because they fall behind in class sometimes. And it's, it's so hard to see because they're such bright and smart children, but they can't keep up sometimes. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's episode features a conversation with the creator of a unique app for kids with dyslexia and dysgraphia called SnapType. Amberlynn Slavin, an occupational therapist, created SnapType in 2014 to help kids who struggle with handwriting fill in worksheets and other schoolwork using an iPad or iPhone so their handwriting challenges don't slow them down. And today, the app has helped hundreds of thousands of kids around the world feel more confident and more fully participate in school in a way that respects and supports the way their brains are wired. In our conversation, Amberlynn tells us about her inspiration for dreaming up SnapType, her process in developing it, and how the app has been received. As you'll hear from our conversation, Amberlynn loves what she does, and we love to hear stories of people who are actively doing the important work of finding creative ways to help our kids thrive. Thanks for listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. To learn more about Tilt, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Hey everyone, this is Debbie Reber with the Tilt Parenting Podcast, and today I am here with occupational therapist and creator of the SnapType app, which is designed to help students with dyslexia, Amberlynn Slavin. Welcome, Amberlynn. Hey, Debbie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you on the show. And so in late June, I posted an article from Attitude magazine about you and your app, and it generated a lot of interest in what you're up to and a lot of enthusiasm among parents who left comments about their, you know, maybe their kid has already used and they're loving the app. There were others who said they were working towards getting snap type written into their child's list of accommodations for their IEP at school. So first of all, I want to congratulate you on creating something that is clearly needed and it seems to have already been embraced by and, and widely used among the families who need it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was uh, an exciting thing. to. It kind of took off really quickly as well. Like I created it actually while I was a student um, in grad school. So to know that I was helping other students while still being a student, it was kind of a fun thought to know that I'm helping all these you know children too. So that's great. Well, I definitely want to hear all of that story and, and how this came about. So before we kind of get into the specifics about your app and how it helps kids with dyslexia, can you tell us a little bit about that? I know you recently received your master's degree in occupational therapy. I'm kind of just curious about you personally, why you chose occupational therapy as a discipline and what inspired you to go down that path. Yeah, definitely. So my undergrad was actually in physical education. So I've actually been a gymnast my whole life. I've done it competitively. I did it collegially. So gymnastics and physical education um, has always been a part of my life. So that's what I went to my undergrad for. 
And then after graduating, I uh, decided that I love gymnastics so much. So instead of doing PE, I actually coached gymnastics. And um, I learned about occupational therapy my senior year because I had a couple credits I needed to fill. And I was like, man, if I had known about occupational therapy my freshman year, I would have already been an occupational therapist by now. So being a gymnastics coach, I've always had to adapt different skills for children to help their needs. It make me make it easier or make it harder for them, depending on, you know, what their skill set was. And that's a lot of what occupational therapists do. We really try to help children, individuals in general, be able to do the things that they love. And maybe we have to make it easier for them or harder for them. But we we get to adapt those skills that they want to continue to do. And then they're able to do it. And I felt like my whole life I was an occupational therapist, but I never knew it. So Mm. when I found out that there was a field that did exactly almost what I'm doing already, I was like, I need to do that. And so I love occupational therapy and what it can do for individuals. That is such a great story. And just a little side note, I'm I was a gymnast. That was my thing when I was a kid. I wanted to, I had dreams of the Olympics. Of course, I never would have made the Olympics, but <laughs> but that was something I, I just, I still love. So I'm always like, when I meet people who are gymnasts, I have a special place in my heart. And and also just hearing your story too about working with kids. You know, I used to have Ashar, my son is 11 now, but I had him in gymnastics for a number of years when he was young. And and I had him try a lot of different sports, but it was something about gymnastics. And he ended up having the most incredible trainers who worked, who were so patient with him. And it was just such a safe place compared to some of the other sports that he was involved in. There's something about that sport, I think, is really unique. I love it. It's such an individualized sport um, in itself, because you, it's you who's doing the skill. And it's, it's what you can do instead of, well, there's a team part if you're doing team, but it's such an individualized skill, which is, I think it's just so important for those kids to know that I can do this, I can do that. And it's not necessarily a team thing. And it just, it's such a special sport. I love it so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I would like now if you could kind of tell us about Snap Type and I'm kind of, if you could take us back, how did that, uh, the idea occur to you? I'm, I'd like to know a little bit about your creative process because- you know, a lot of people have ideas for apps, kind of like everyone has an idea for a book, or everyone has a script they want to write someday, but not everyone does that. So tell us about your, your story for creating SnapType. I kind of started where I was in my field work for, um, it was actually my first field work um, when I was my first year in school. And I was doing a rotation in a school district. And there was a little boy who actually had dysgraphia, Um, which he just had a really hard time writing. He couldn't read his own handwriting. His teachers were having a hard time. Um, And he was just becoming really frustrated. And I thought that there had to be a better way for this child to be able to stay included and, you know, just to be independent in the class because he was having a hard time. And so they had a lot of iPads in the classroom. So I was thinking, maybe why not him be able to just take a picture of the worksheet that the teacher passes out to him and then just be able to tap on it and then type where he would you know, normally be writing on it. So that kind of gave me that idea. And so I went back home that day, did some research on the computer, and there was really nothing that did that, like what I wanted it to. And I was so surprised because it seemed like such an easy concept. There were a couple business ideas that were similar, but they were far too complex for a child to use. 
So that's where the idea came. And I was like, you know what? There's nothing there. I'm going to create it because this child is struggling. There has to be so many other children out there, you know, either with dysgraphia, dys, you know, dyspraxia, dyslexia, ADHD, like anything really. Like a lot of children are struggling with handwriting mm-hmm. and just even attention too. So um, I thought that there had to be a better way. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create it. And that's how it started. So what did you do then? I mean, again, you, you have an idea for an app, but you're not a developer, are you? Or, or no. I mean, ha, so how did you even know how to move forward? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they always have these ideas and like, I don't even know where to start. I think the biggest, I mean, I'll tell you kind of the steps that I did. So my husband is an engineer, which helped in terms of getting those connections to find a developer to do it. But with me, I'm so creative that I always have these little ideas and I'm like, oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And I always share with my husband just to brainstorm ideas. And this idea that I share with him, he's like, actually, Amber, that's a really great idea. And so after, like I said, I did that research, he had a friend who lived in or a connection who lived in India. And so we kind of shot the idea over to him and he was a developer. And so he's like, wow, this seems like a great idea. Like I really would love to help out because it was helping children and Uh, an educational kind of an app. And so we didn't think it was going to go anywhere. We just thought I was going to make it, send it to this child, and he was be able to, you know, keep up with his peers. So kind of started there, and I created a very basic version, which a lot of people, when they have an idea, I think it's scary because, like, you don't want to spend all this time and all this money to put into this project to be like, you know, is it worth all that money and that time that you're going to put into this project if no one even wants to use it? So the first step to doing this is it's called an MVP, which stands for a minimum viable product. And that's kind of like a basic version of what you want done. It could be like a PowerPoint presentation. It could be a drawing. It could be like I did mine on a napkin. I literally drew my idea out on a Hmm. napkin and I shared it with my husband. Like that was my my mock-up version of what I wanted my app to do, basically. And at the time, I didn't even know it was going to be an app. I just knew I wanted this thing to work and I wanted to help this child. So from there, after having your basic version, then you share it with your community. And you think, you know, I shared it with his teachers. I shared it with his occupational therapist to see, do you guys think this is a good idea too? Because like I said, I don't want to spend this time and a little bit of money to realize that, you know, you guys aren't even going to use this. Mm-hmm. So really finding value in your community to find out if it will even help your community is another really good step to take so you're not wasting that time and money. So I did that, and it was great. And then um, I tested it out for about two months. I had a very basic version. It literally just took a picture, and you tap on the screen, and you can type. And the way you would save it is you would just take a screenshot, and it would save to your photo album. And then I put it in the App Store, and within like a couple months, I had like 20,000 downloads. I was blown away. (laughs) It was amazing. So I knew there was an interest, which was awesome. So I spent a little bit more time and I developed a a bigger version of the app, which is now what it is today. Wow. What a great story. And you shared it with the people in your community. Did you test it with kids at that point as well to see how they interacted with it? Um, So I put it out there and then I would get responses from parents letting me know how this has changed their child's life. Like my their teachers don't think they're stupid anymore. So I was able to get their feedback from them via the Internet. I never actually, you know, sat with a child and used it except for the child I made it for. 
so just like getting all that feedback, it is just an amazing, it just makes me feel so nice inside to know that this one app that I made for this one child is now actually hope helping over a half a million children. Like that is amazing. Like I just can't even grasp it. Yeah. Anymore. Just sit with that and let it soak in. That is incredible. Can you walk with us kind of through exactly how the app works? I've, I've tested it out. It's really cool. Um, and just for people who haven't had a chance to check it out, how exactly does it work? Like maybe in a situation, what would that look like? So it can, it works in you know, a couple different ways how you can do it. But I'd say the easiest way to describe is let's say a teacher passes out a worksheet in class and a child could either have currently an iPhone or an iPad and an iOS device they would take a picture of that worksheet right on the app. And then within that app right there, you can just tap on the screen and you can type. Like, so let's just say his name. And instead of writing your name in, you could type your name in and you can type right on that document. And so that alleviates that handwriting aspect that a lot of children struggle with who have, you know, these different things going on in their life. It's not necessarily taking away handwriting altogether. I think absolutely children should practice handwriting. This is not to take away from handwriting. It's just to help them stay included in class because they fall behind in class sometimes. And it's, it's so hard to see because they're such bright and smart children, but they can't keep up sometimes because they're handwriting. So mm -hmm. thanks for mentioning that just about handwriting still being an important skill. I mean, that is something that still a lot of people are talking about. And there's a lot of continual research about the importance of handwriting in terms of retaining information and, and even, you know, f I'm reading about this in university settings that it's still better to be writing notes by hand than typing them in. But for so many kids, that is a huge stumbling block for them and can slow them down so much and prevent all this other great learning from happening. So I like that you said that it's, it helps in certain situations and in the classroom, but it's not to say that we don't need to then work on handwriting at all. Right, definitely. How have or have you heard from schools in terms of or maybe from parents who've used this, like the person who wrote on the, the Tilt Facebook page about implementing it as an accommodation in their IEP? Is that happening a lot? And are schools open to to incorporating or, or letting children use this in a classroom setting, especially schools that may not be super tech you know, some schools, every kid has an iPad these days, but that's not the case for every school. So have you gotten feedback about that? Um, yeah, I've here and there. I've definitely heard from some people um, saying that the way that they write it differently into their IEPs. Um, I guess all schools are different as to how they want their goals written for their children. But I know that some, instead of saying specifically, you know, I want SnapType app in my, you know, program, sometimes they just say a very broad, like I can use you know, apps to help my children within um, their IEP and stuff like that. So I guess it all really depends how your school accept using assistive technology. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I've learned from so many different people, like, you know, sometimes they need to directly say, I want SnapType in my, you know, program, because it's really getting around, like a lot of schools do know what SnapType is. And like I said, it's not, it's definitely adding to their education, it's helping them, it's not taking away from their education. And I'm wondering, too, I have a pretty international audience for this podcast, is it available outside or, or are you getting feedback that it's being used outside of the U.S.? Oh, absolutely. We are in so many countries. I'd say I think over 50 countries. Like we've had so much feedback from people in other countries that we'd either have to translate it into like 
to English because we weren't sure what they were telling us. Um, but we also have the app itself is translated into a Spanish version, I believe a German. I can't remember if it's German or another language, but it's translated into a couple different languages for those other children who are in another country so they can actually use the app and understand what it is within the interface of how to read it in their language. But yeah, everyone, like a lot of people, we get emails from people like in Israel and the Netherlands, and we can see where we get the downloads from as well. So mm -hmm. it's just really fun to see like, oh, we got a download from China today. So it's nice to know that it's, it's gone around the whole world too. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, Whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites, turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60TILT at greenchef.com slash 60TILT. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body. And so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Modern technology, man, I still get blown away by it when I think about the reach that we can have and that you could have this idea and 
be impacting half a million people's lives around the world is incredible to me. It is amazing. And I haven't done any marketing for it either to know that I haven't even like paid for marketing. I've used Facebook like and I put a post up one day and I, you know, I went on some mom blogs and I said, you know, I had this idea. I wanted to share this with your community. And it just took off like the moms shared it and and maybe some dysgraphia and some dyslexia blogs like they would just find it and share it. And that's how it spread. Like I have not put any money into like marketing this, which is crazy that it just spreads so much. Yeah, it sounds like it truly went went viral in the, in an authentic way because there was a big need for it, and it clearly is resonating and landing with the right people. So hopefully, again, you know, for the people in our community, they were happy to have heard of it. Those who hadn't already, and just I'm just kind of keep spreading that word of mouth. I'm just so happy to know that like I had made it for this one child, and it's helping so many people and not only children, but also individuals who are who losing their handwriting and uh, abilities as well. And like losing that independence for handwriting. So in the older adult population, maybe, maybe Parkinson's or just even old age, and they can use it to then maybe write on their insurance forms or other forms that they need to fill in because they can't write. So that's been really fun too. That is so interesting. You would have had no idea that that would have been a, a side market for this. Right, definitely. I noticed on the iTunes store, there's a free version and a paid version. What's the difference between the two of them? Um, so the free version is just more for, you know, just to kind of like test it out. It has actually all, almost all the um, features as the paid version, but a little bit different. So the paid version offers unlimited documents that you can save so you can save as many as you want. Whereas in the free version, you can only save three documents. And then once you try to save like a fourth document, it's going to prompt you to do the upgrade. And then also in the paid version, you get a drawing feature because some people were asking, um, you know, I want to be able to draw lines back and forth or circle answers on the worksheet. So after hearing that from my community that a lot of people wanted that, I went back to the drawing board and I um, talked with my developer and we created another version with a drawing feature in it. So Mm. yeah, the upgraded has drawing, it has the more unlimited documents, and then it also has a filter where children who have visual deficits that maybe have a hard time reading uh, black font on a white background, um, you can actually change the color of your paper to maybe blue, to plum, to pink, whatever color that that child can see better, you can actually filter the paper so it turns a different color. So interesting. Yeah. So I need to ask, you seem like someone who does a lot and has a lot of ideas. So I'm wondering, what are you up to now? Like, are you practicing as an occupational therapist and or do you have more ideas that you're noodling on? What 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 are you up to? Both, actually. So I just recently passed my national board. So I am practicing. I'm a practicing therapist now. I work in a pediatric clinic. And I also work um, at a skilled nursing facility. So I'm able to do both pediatrics as well as the older adult population, which has been super fun. And then also with the creative aspect of things, we're currently developing into Android. So now those users that have Android products will now be able to use SnapType as well um, once that is completely developed. Okay. 
Very cool. And congratulations on passing the board. Is that a tough one to pass? Yes. I mean, for and for me, it was. I was just, I'm not a great test taker, so I was super nervous about it. But I passed it, and I'm just so proud of myself because that was just a very big accomplishment for me. I'm going back to school for, you know, my second career, and then spending all that time to study. It was just a, a really good feeling when I got that passing score. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, I know we're, we're running short on time for our interview, but before we go, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, the philosophy behind SnapTop? I can hear the passion behind what you're doing and the work that you're doing. And first of all, I'm so glad you're doing the work you're doing because our kids need people like you supporting them. But tell us kind of what is your foundational belief or your philosophy behind SnapType? So a quote that I like to, it just really, I think, sums up Um, you know, how we're helping children um, is a quote by Einstein. And it goes like this. Everyone is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life believing it is stupid. SnapType aims to ensure that students of all ages and all abilities have the resources that they need to thrive in a system that may not be designed for them. That's such a great quote. I feel like I've seen that in social media lately, too, maybe on Instagram. But it, and it struck me at the time, too, as being so spot on. Yeah, it, it so is. And it's like our children are so bright. And maybe they just have a harder time expressing themselves, you know, either because verbally they have difficulty or handwriting they have difficulty. And it's so hard because like they're not able to express themselves. So I think by having the opportunity to use SnapType, like I've had so many either teachers, students, even the kids would email me through the app saying, thank you so much, just to know that they're, they aren't stupid and they know they're not. And now their teachers know that they are just as bright as their parents know that they are. And I love what you said, too, about helping these kids who are in a system that wasn't necessarily designed for them. I mean, that is so in alignment with what we're doing at Tilt. And that is really our underlying philosophy is that, you know, our, there's nothing wrong with our kids, but we continually are trying to fit them into an educational system and, and other systems that just plain weren't set up to accommodate who they are right. and their unique way of learning and seeing and experiencing the world. So I love connecting with people who share that same philosophy and then bring it to their work in different ways. It's very inspiring. So I know that our listeners are going to want to find out more about you and find out more about SnapType. So what's the best way for them to learn more, to find the app and to connect? So we do have a website called uh, www.snaptypeapp.com. And that also has a blog within it as well that you can see any changes that may be happening to the app. But we also use Facebook a lot. Um, That's kind of where we update that most often. So you could also just go to SnapType and type in SnapType for occupational therapy. And then our page will pop up and you can just like it. And then you can see all the stuff that we um, update and we post, you know, nice quotes and we post things from our users. And it's just a really nice uh, platform for people to go on and connect through. That's great. And for listeners, I will, as always, include the links to that in the show notes. So you don't have to be like jotting the, those down right now. Make sure you have all that information on the show notes. So Amberlyn, I want to just thank you for being on the podcast. And again, for doing what you're what you do. It's inspiring, just again, knowing that there are people like you thinking outside the box and creating these unique ways to support our 
awesome kids. So thanks again for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me too. And thank you for providing all these awesome resources to these parents. That's awesome in itself too. So thank you as well. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Tilt Parenting. Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note for me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.